everyone. Welcome to the Self-Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And if you're listening to this show for the first time, this is the best podcast for publishing and marketing tips, motivational quotes, and tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of great and awful movies. And what are we doing today? We are doing a TV show. We're not doing a movie. So take that, audience. Take that. (laughs) Take that, audience. We are doing a comparing and contrasting. Mm -hmm. One calls the heart. And Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. Yeah. And we were going to do like Little House on the Prairie too, but I didn't watch enough of it for it to really matter. And we'll mostly be talking about Dr. Quinn, but there are quite, I actually do, my takeaways are partially comparisons and all of that. All right, Nolan, do you have any updates? Nope. Nope. Not really. Uh, We have a baby. (laughs) So we still have a baby. It's thing. I am, I am doing stuff, but it's just super slow because it's like five or 10 minutes here and there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's me too. I was actually going to say, I got in a bit of book work at two in the morning while I was up with the baby. Yeah, I did a couple sketches, you know, that sort of thing. Nothing concrete, nothing to show anyone, but yeah, it's laying the groundwork for when I can get more time. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm getting a ton of reading though, um, and that's helping me prepare for my next main series. Uh, I did finish a series recently where like half the people died and the main character brought all of them back to life. Dumb. It was okay. No, it's totally fine. Yeah. She's part, um, her father is the the horseman of death and he controls whether people live or die. And as part of the, one of the prophecies is like, everybody's going to die and she has to fix it. And so it's foreshadowed that she will bring them back to life. And so it fit, it was very satisfying. It fit perfectly because her dad went crazy and kills everybody. And so she has to undo it. And I, I enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. Interesting twist. I hate it when they do that normally, though. I know, exactly. I was actually just listening to our our review of Infinity War and and how we were like, if they bring them all back to life, you know, we would hate it like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, this this was, it was foreshadowed. And, you know, she has the power over death because her dad is the, you know, angel of death, basically. And so it was kind of interesting. Anyway, our baby's surgery has been rescheduled. For like two days from now. Yeah, literally. Or in the past... Yeah, no, it's going to be the day this episode goes live. So okay. when they listen to this, we'll probably be in the hospital with his surgery. Okay. Yeah, the pediatrician took a look at him and was like, uh, his surgery needs to happen now, not at the end of the month. Which means he'll probably need to spend the night in the hospital, which is not terribly exciting. He's in the room with us right now, so we'll see how well he behaves. He can hear us. Yeah, we're talking about him. Cover his ears. Kim, I'm plugging your ears, baby. Mm-hmm. And his eyes start shutting. He's falling asleep. Anyway, um, so we're going to do things a little different with this episode. Um, actually, we got to do quote and tip first. So go okay. ahead and give us that quote. Against all odds and despite all obstacles, we are going to make it. Marilyn Monroe, who did not make it. <laughs> what? What do you mean she didn't make it? Spoiler alert, she dies. A lot of people die. Early. Yeah. Hmm. Um, okay, so why is that quote motivational? Um, you know, overcoming obstacles. It's good. Yeah. To overcome obstacles. It is. <laughs> Otherwise, you probably won't do anything. It is. It's very good to overcome obstacles. And, I mean, the road to success is you pass failure quite a bit. And so you need to be able to overcome things. And you will fail a few times and you'll succeed a few times. And Okay, so my tip today is a continuation of creating a newsletter list. Last time, and when we did the Ocean's Eleven comparison, I talked about a bunch of different services. I'm going to finish that off. So last time I talked about MailChimp, AWeber, and Mad Mimi. This time we'll talk a little bit about MailerLite, YMLP, and ConvertKit. 
And um, I've already told you guys, I do not recommend Miller Lite. Um, I haven't for a long time. They have way too many problems. And every six months to about once a year, they have a huge problem that greatly affects their authors. Uh, but your your mileage may vary and go, go forward with them at your own risk. I do have a couple author friends, like two, who have never been affected by any of these problems. But the vast majority, everybody else I've talked to who's used Miller Lite has had problems. They are very cheap and there's been problems with customer support and sending emails, etc. And it is a good alter. I mean, they are, they are an alternative, not necessarily a good alternative to all the other ones out there. But the way you start is the way you plan to go is how you should start. So if you don't want to deal with problems, then don't go for cheap. Go for what is going to do the best for you, because moving your your subscribers Moving your subscribers from one service to another is a pain and you will lose email addresses. Okay, so YMLP is one that I never hear talked about anymore. I did check it just now to make sure they still exist. Their free plan allows up to 1,000 subscribers. It doesn't give information on opens or links clicked, which is something that you're going to want as an author. So you'll probably want to upgrade, upgrade to their plan which is, last I checked, it was $3.75 a month, or their Pro Plus plan was $5 a month. And they both options, both options require you to purchase credits if you send more than a certain number of emails a month. So it's going to be probably comparable in price to like AWeber and MailChimp and things like that, depending on how many newsletter subscribers you have. Okay, then the last one's Convert Kit, and this is designed by Authors for Authors. Uh, it's a fantastic option for nonfiction. It is very, very powerful. So it makes it possible to track readers who purchase and you're able to target them with different things instead of targeting them with the same items over and over again. And it is pretty expensive though and they do not have a free option. It's $29 a month for up to 1,000 subscribers. But like I said, it's very powerful. Um, yeah, so ConvertKit is really, really great. It's good for, like I said, nonfiction authors or authors who have multiple pen names and things like that. It's a good way to keep track of your readers who have downloaded and purchased things. Anyway, uh, I think that's about it for this, this tip for today. Next time we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about why I use MailChimp. I've talked about that quite a bit. And then I'll give you, I'll let you know what I call my, my newsletter list and why I call it that. And that will be next time. If there is a next time, there is going to be a next time. But if we have a movie, <laughs> if we do another marketing one, then it will be. That was kind of ominous. Yeah. If we do another marketing or another off off topic type podcast episode, then I probably won't go into this tip. But more likely than not, we will. And when it comes to schedule, we honestly don't really know what our schedule is going to be because we are. Because baby. Because baby. Yes. He's cute. He just fell asleep again. All right, Nolan. All right, Andrea. <laughs> okay, like I said, we're going to do things a little differently. I'm going to actually start with trivia, if that's okay with you. Go for it. This is all trivia on Dr. Quinn. Okay, Jane Seymour, who plays Dr. Quinn, signed with only one night's notice because she just learned that her husband, who was also her business manager, lost all of her money and got her $9 million in debt. Ouch. And she says she said to her agent, I will sign the first TV show that comes along. And this was it. Boom. Yeah. A legend was born. Exactly. And then she came to be proud of this the most out of all of her um, products, all of her things that she'd done. You know, it's a good show. It is a good show. I agree with that. Uh, and then she was actually on set filming 12 hours after signing. Wow. So they didn't give her a whole lot of time. <laughs> They're like, we have everyone but the lead. Yeah. No <laughs> like... Jake Slicker. Yes. 
And the writer slash producer of the show got married while the show was going on. Then they divorced later, naturally, because they're Hollywood. Because it's Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Did she divorce her husband after she lost? After he lost her, like twenty million dollars or more? Nine million. I don't know. Lost nine million all of in it, the and hole. then got in the whole nine million. I have no idea. Didn't say. That'd be kind of rough on our relationship, just so you know. You aren't okay with me spending all of our millions and then getting us nine million in the hole? Yeah. Yes, you are okay with that. Yes, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> All right, then I'll only get us in the hole by two million. Deal. <laughs> I can handle. I can handle two million. <laughs> Snap. Whatever. Boom. Okay, so Beth Sullivan is the writer of the show. She named most of the characters after people she knows. Sully is named after her dad, who went by Sully. Is her dad hot? Uh, do you think Sully's hot? Yes. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I don't normally think blondes are attractive, and he's His... kind of a light brown. But he's he's got he has a golden mane. He has a Ooh. golden mane. Uh. <laughs> he's got Nolan. Need, we need to get you more wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan has this great um, mullet wig Blonde that I mullet. got him. Yeah. It's the same color as Sully's hair, basically, mm-hmm. except plastic looking. No, it's way lighter than Sully's hair. Is it? Hair. Yeah, it's oh, okay. blonde, blonde. Oh yes, that's right. Like well, it has orange. dark dark roots though. Warrant blonde. <laughs> anyway, so she named Lauren, Lauren Bray. After her grandfather, she didn't want him to have a soft side because her grandfather's a cruelly cranky old man. But as soon as uh, Lauren Bray was on set with Brian, the kid, you know, they had an immediate connection. And she was like, there's no way they're going to be able to write that out. They wouldn't be able to force them not to have it. And so they ended up writing into the show, which I'm like, go where your characters take you. You know, that's a great nod to paying attention. Lauren even says he loves Brian. He does. He does say that. He does. You can actually tell. I mean, you can see that they have a connection. Yes. Not just because they make them be together a lot, you know? No. Okay. So the first actor, and I've already told you this one a while ago, but the first actor for Colleen wanted more money than the other kid actors, her sibling kid actors. The network refused and she was cut from the show and they they cast somebody else about halfway through the third season. Later. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's what happens when you give ultimatums. Give me more money than... why would she get more money than the other two? Oh, it's not just that. It's like, you're not such a pivotal character that you couldn't be replaced. Exactly. If it was silly or, yeah. You know what I mean? It, you're not even like one of the real, I mean, you're a supporting character, but I mean, she's, she's not, not in the She's show not one of much. my favorite sh- characters. I no, wouldn't she, even care. If she was like a, a really favorite ancillary character. Like Hank, you know, Hank or Horace, like those guys, Jake. Losing them would be more painful. Yeah. Because they make their characters. For her, she's just a, she's a plot random device. daughter. Yeah. It could be someone else. But yeah, Hank and, and Horace are definitely, any of them, like Lauren. Lauren, Jake, they are their characters. Yeah, it would totally. be really hard to replace them with someone yeah. else convincing. But yeah. the kids pretty much could all be. Replaced. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's horrible. I, um, people are going to be like, what? But watch the true. show she's and not, you'll, you'll see. Yeah. Um, let's see. Jake was a prankster in the cast, was the biggest prankster in the cast, and he was known for putting manure in places that didn't belong, like somebody's pocket or Lauren Bray's hand while he was sleeping, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, and then this Dr. Mike is implied to be a bit older than Soli, but in real life, she was 42 when filming began, and he was 31. Yep. I was you like, knew that? That I was the trivia was that I was older. like, what? She was a Bond girl in the 70s. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 20 years prior. She but was I figured 20s. he was about the same age as her. Nah. Because he doesn't look younger than her. I think she's held her age well. She did. But my point is, is I knew, I knew historically because of 
Yeah. Uh, Live and Let Die, which was in like 1974 or something like that. Yeah. And she was like maybe 20. <laughs> and 25 years later, she ain't 35, which is how old she's supposed to be. Yeah, in the show. In the show. Yeah. I was like, nope. no. Yeah. That's so weird because she and Sully, that's that's interesting. It shows that the, the writer doesn't care about ages very much because Jake and Dorothy, you know, way, Jake is 15 yeah. years old, younger than Dorothy. And we haven't gotten that far in the show yet. Nolan, Nolan gave me a spoiler. He's like, oh, yeah, those two get together. And I, I don't know like, if they what? get together, get together. I just They've kissed in this last episode again. again? Yes. Oh. She's I, teaching him how to read, and they kissed. I, I remember the first kiss from 25 years ago, and it <laughs> scarred me. <laughs> Whatever. I was like, what's going on? Mom? Why is that grandma making out with that kid? Yeah, um, I thought it was funny because but, you know, whatever. He's, he's like, she's teaching him how to read, and he's like, "Well, I'd rather do this." And he kisses her, and she's like, "No, we're gonna do reading." And I was like, "Slam down!" Dang, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna go to takeaways now. Okay, and that's gonna be pretty much the rest of the episode. All right, because what we're taking away covers a lot of other things that's in true. the show. Yep. So, what are your takeaways? Um. And I have, have a note for one. We haven't viewers. even really talked about One Calls the Heart. Is this the part where we contrast? Yeah, this them? is where you do okay. whatever you want. Uh, my takeaway um, is they're kind of related. So um, very, very the conflicts. Uh, no, we rude. knew they were going to be the same. Yeah, that's true. We've talked about but it. But the it. reason why, and One Calls the Heart does not do this mm-hmm. well at all. Mm-hmm. Dr. Quinn does it very well. Mm-hmm. And this is my second point, is that the characters mm-hmm. drive the conflict. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, because the characters are so different from each other. Mm-hmm. And the characters aren't, I want to say, fully fleshed out. They are kind of stock characters, like the Lawrence, the cranky storekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Hanks, what I mean? the, the brothel. <laughs> the, yeah, but they all have at least two sides. Yeah. So that sometimes characters agree with each other, mm-hmm. and sometimes they disagree with each other. For plausible reasons. Yeah, and it's very and believable, so, yeah. Sometimes they act out of character, and nothing's perfect. Um, Matthew, I think, was during that cattle drive one was the most weird. That was a real, even though it was two, a two-part episode, I was so bored during, during all of it that. It was really painful. I was like, why are they listening to him? He's like 16. He's actually Because he's, he's the boss. He's supposed to, I mean, it was his first time his being first, a leader. Because yeah. he branched before. I mean, he'd been on them, but he wasn't yeah. the leader. So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, you're the boss. This is your, you know, your gig. They were there to support him, so exactly. that's why he was in charge, even though he wasn't as experienced as some of the other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so there's kind of like, you can go around, like, this character and this character. This episode, they agree on something, and then mm-hmm. the next episode, they disagree on something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it, they also have, like, angry villagers versus um, Dr. Quinn and Sully yes, all, the time, all, all the time. all the time. I think that's a little overplayed. It is a little bit, but um, it's still, I mean... It's still, but not they're still horrible. genuine to their characters, even if I think it's over overused. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so that so they you know you can take Sully and Lauren and have a, an argument one one episode, and then five and episodes then later they'll they'll they're like best friends, it, and he's they're defending each other exactly because they agree on this point. Yeah, and you can go around to each of those characters, pair them up, you know, or in groups, and then you can see where those lines are drawn. Yeah. Um, so they're they're this is a romance show. Mm-hmm. On a frontier, so mm-hmm. they're both that. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Quinn de-emphasizes, I would say, they spend less time talking about the romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's them... like a, kind of like a thriller in a way, like a frontier thriller. Not <sighs> adventure, maybe, action-adventure. 
with a hint of yeah. romance. I would say When Calls the Heart has more focus on the romance. It has focus almost exclusively on romance. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't let the um, the romance be as interesting. It's true. Because, yep. the, because when there's this conflict in an episode, you see the main two characters, Sully and Dr. Quinn, and how they react to that. Yeah, exactly. And that informs their character and their romance. Yeah, and it makes them grow stronger together or farther apart, and then they come together again, you know? And like they the always come back together. Are, yeah. Um, but they have to work through it first. So, like, sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll have an argument, something happens, they have an argument, mm -hmm. and they're on opposite sides of it, and then they yeah. work their way together. Or yeah. sometimes it's them against the villagers, mm -hmm. and then they have to overcome an external mm -hmm. force to, you know, that, that you know, pulls them closer together because they, they have to stay together to overcome this. Yeah. Or even nature, like, there's a bear mm -hmm. in one episode, and she's trapped in um, a, a shack, and, you mm -hmm. know, Sully has to rescue her. But they work together as a team yeah. to get out, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, so your point, I mean, I actually wrote that down. Nolan's point, characters who are solid friends fight each other. Yes. And so they're like defending each other to the death in one episode. And then the next episode, they're punching each other. And how... Quite, I mean, quite literally. Quite literally, In, in uh, yeah. Jake and Hank's case. And solely, I mean, all of but, them, Lauren yeah. does never punch. It's always Jake too and, old. and Hank. <laughs> it would be like punching a 70-year-old guy would be pretty bad. He does have an episode that's really funny. It's the one where Brian's like interested in girls and Lauren is like, he dyes his hair and he <laughs> starts wearing different suits. He's trying to be younger, you know? Uh -huh. And Dorothy's like, you look like an idiot. <laughs> it was funny. Um, but yeah, okay, so I was going to say, how do you set that up and why should an author do it? But you pretty much answered that already. You give them motivations that agree and disagree at times. Yeah, and they're like ping pong balls bouncing off each other. Yeah. And there's just so many different avenues. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's cute. I had to kiss our baby and it distracted Nolan. <laughs> so many different avenues, so many different conflicts mm -hmm. that it's new yeah. constantly. Yeah. But they still have the the core romance. Yeah. Or that how those situations affect the yeah. relationship of Dr. Quinn and Sully. Yeah. There are some episodes that don't like there's um like matt has his romance with uh, ingrid ingrid mm -hmm. you know they kind of focus more on that but even that still feeds into the other stuff even if the focus isn't as much on and it's not as as important because he does they do break off their engagement and they never get it back together but solely and and dr quinn are having relationship problems and they do resolve that and we just know that ingrid and matt get back together and so it's not they're, they do it really well. Like, they do show the other relationships' romances, but they don't veer too they much They don't go too in-depth into it, yeah. but they do have it as a counterpoint mm -hmm. to, you know, and Dorothy and... Um, Jake. And Lauren. And Horace and Myra, <laughs> and which Horace is my favorite Myra. romance in the whole show. So there's other romances that, that also bounce off this romance as a counter... You know, they com compare and contrast, you know, the problems that they have with their romances. Yeah. Um, or not quite romances. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, there's just a, tons of variety of plots, mm -hmm. um, always with the romance as its core point, mm -hmm. Yeah, but without being as focused. And the problem with One Calls to Heart is it's romance, romance all the time, mm -hmm. and there's only so many problems that are that romance, romance related, yeah. so it's like she doesn't trust him every episode. It's like six, I swear, there's like six times when a man comes into the, the, their comes in and disrupts things and he's like, oh, should I trust her anymore? And then like six times when a woman does the same thing and I'm like, these people are the most, they can't, they're never going to end up together. They don't trust each other. Exactly. Like, this, this is too flawed, you know? Yeah. And it's a very it's similar. It's more of a soap opera feel. And that's when right, I don't right. enjoy it as much. Yeah. And it's a very similar setup character wise 
Because, mm -hmm. like, um, Sully is this backwoodsman. He's never been to, like, a big city or anything. And the rich people from her family disapprove. Right. And he's... And Jack's the same way. But he's a really... The heart. Exactly. But he's, like, a savage, mm -hmm. essentially. He, he hangs out with the Cheyenne, the Indians, mm -hmm. um, you know, identifies heavily with them. Yeah. He's like, I consider myself to be with both people. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so he's, like, straddling these two worlds. And so she... Right. Yeah. She's from the city and she comes there and she has to do the same thing. She has to learn to do that in order to be with them. She has to straddle those two worlds and as well. But they're two different worlds. It's the city and uh, the the frontier. But he's also the town and the Cheyenne. So they're both yeah. that. And that's sort of like a trope. We were discussing the tropes of these kinds of shows. So you get a wealthy, well-educated girl from back east who goes to the west. And Fish out of water. And she's there and she's self-righteous and she's judgmental, but she's also soft. And, you know, you, you feel attached to her in a way because she is, she's doing things for the right reasons, even though she has, she's doing the wrong things sometimes. And like what, one of my favorite comments, like Hank, we found out that Hank, who owns a brothel, he has an Ill illegitimate son and Dr. Quinn is judging him for handing this child off to an elderly woman to raise. He's like, I couldn't raise a child in a saloon. There's no way, you know, people and the kid has learning disabilities. And it's like, he, it would ruin him. And, and she's like, well, you shouldn't have done it. That was, you should have kept him with you. And Hank was like, how does it feel to walk on water? You know, and that pretty much encapsulates the, the, the personality of Elizabeth and one calls the heart and Dr. Quinn. They believe they have this ideal that they, that they feel is, you know, needs to be met by everybody, even people who are very different, you know? Right. Yeah. I and mean, not everyone has indoor plumbing and exactly. like, all this thing, you know, yeah. like they didn't have to make hard choices until they decided to leave their They're cushy. comfortable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, now they have to learn how to make hard choices mm -hmm. yeah. when they didn't before. Yeah. So if you're doing, if not all, I mean, she, she, I mean, Dr. Quinn did decide to be a doctor, you know, and she had to go to a woman's. Yeah. Know, and she's so, been going against the grain quite a bit her whole life. It, yeah. But not, but not like that. I mean, she still was highly educated and had it all paid for and lived in a fancy house with indoor mm -hmm. plumbing and they're in the country and they have like a one room shack they all live in. And yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're an author and you're writing this, I mean, these are both good shows to watch and um, when calls the heart, like Nolan was saying, does focus more on the romance than Dr. Quinn does. But I would say watch Dr. Quinn. Um, they have some good things in one calls the heart, like the mine mm -hmm. and how people react because that's, that's why the town exists is there's a mine coal Valley. Yeah. And they do that in Dr. Quinn as well. There's actually a mine. They have some mining mm -hmm. episodes, but this is heavily involved around, yeah. around the mine. And you know, when, when people die in the mine, you know, like what it happens to the, the town people, yeah. and, and how, and that this is really good, how it affects the relationship of the two main characters, because he's a Mountie, he's the law. Yeah. And yeah. And that does, it gives us some good, good ways for them to bounce off of each other. Exactly. Cause she disagrees. Like she goes by the heart, but he has, he has to go by he the law. He has to go by the law. That's like literally has to. And so that's a really good conflict. I wish they did more with it, I guess. I don't know. Because, I mean, and he's kind of like Sully. Sully has a code. A code of honor that he follows and is pretty it's much not the, the way law. the Cheyennes live. You know? Right, yeah. But he's got a very specific code of honor. And so does, what's his name? Jack? Jack, Jack. yeah. Jack. Um, it's the law of the law. And he, um, but he's not as hot. As Sully, by, no. a, by a lot. Sully is much more attractive. He does have a really cool uniform. Um, I like the Mountie. Yeah, uniforms. women like men in uniforms. Um, 
But he um, he doesn't have that quite savage kind of like backwoodsman mm-hmm. flair to him. Yeah. Because um, he also like lived in New York mm-hmm. for a while, and he it's a little more the contrast isn't as high. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Okay. But... So those are your takeaways then. Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> okay, so um, mine are very very similar, but create memorable characters, especially the side characters. Um, Dr. Quinn versus One Calls the Heart. Uh, how many of the side characters can we remember in One Calls the Heart? The the mine owner. The mine um, owner. The best friend, Abigail. Right, the, the lady that owns the cafe, right? Yeah. The one that got busted for... For getting her child into college by bribery. <laughs> yeah. Who pled guilty and gets a slap on the wrist while we all starve in the gutter. Anyway. Anyway. Um, but who else is there? Um, I remember widows, um, a few widows. There, there's another like Mountie guy. Yeah, the older one. Oh, um, Avery, the detective. Yeah, the detective. Yeah, guy. yeah, he's pretty interesting, and he's like a love romance or love um, option for Abigail. Right. And then she, he we diss him and it becomes the Reverend. And I, there's the Reverend as well. Um, but they're like seriously when you compare that to I can't name Dr. Them, Quinn, really. I can't name them either but right. I mean I watched through season four of when calls the heart and I mean that's enough for me to have felt I should have feel like I know these people but I don't and I don't care you know right like there's I do like you know I do like the conflict between the mine owner and I mean but there's problems with that too that I mean anyway I'm not going to get into that that's way into the weeds but um but the side characters in when calls the heart aren't as memorable and there's a lot of them that play very similar roles, you know, um, like the miners and then the the widows and things like that. You know, they play a lot of similar roles. And there are some very memorable characters, but oh, Dr. Quinn... The actress. Oh, yes. The actress, Rosemary. Yeah. The actress, she's awesome. I enjoyed her character. Um, but Dr. Quinn honestly has, I mean, all of the, I mean, Robert E., Grace, Dorothy, all of them have very solid personalities, very solid and they're all very different from each other. They all have very different roles, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and going along with that, they all have very different names. Again, I talked about that in Jurassic Park. You know, their names, almost all of them start and end differently. And they're different lengths, you know? And that's very important. That helps us remember who they are, you know? Um, and then, like Nolan was saying, vary the trials your characters go through. One Calls the Heart versus Dr. Quinn. One Calls the Heart, like, the main theme that their trial that their characters go through is jealousy. You know, that is the theme of, of the show. The heart. Yeah. And again, that's, that's going to appeal to a lot. I know a lot of my friends love that and, and they like, you know, they kind of like that soap opera if you feel where it's more angsty and emotional, but I really like Dr. Quinn because they introduce so many threads for us to enjoy exploring, you know, it's like one calls the heart is like serial reading time store novels. Mm-hmm. With the same characters in it over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like 30 books with the same characters. Yeah. Uh, same two main characters instead of different ones like they usually like. Mix yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like if I were to describe it to somebody. Yeah. Dr. Quinn, they've got the medical dangers, which honestly is what attracted me to the show in the first place. That's why I started watching it this pregnancy. Was they, do ha- they do have I some fun. Love fun, the medical. Fun, stuff. outdated. Uh, oh, yes. Re- uh, remedies. Remedies and... for what doctors would do. Back that, then. Back then. Yeah, exactly. That's barbaric now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the medical drama, that kind of stuff, I absolutely love. Then they've got the expanding town. So the town is growing, and so they're exploring the options, like getting a library, getting all of the different stuff. Then they've got the mine. They've got the school. They've got religion. They've got the going back home theme, the romance, the kids, 
which one called the heart does not have the kids aspect. The Cheyenne, the army. That was my next thing. The Cheyenne and the renegades, not just the Cheyenne, but yeah, the, the renegade. The, yeah. yeah. The U.S. Army, the government, um, the telegraph office, um, the shops, the townspeople, racism, feminism, feminism. They've got all different themes that they explore. And one calls the heart has like the town problems, the expanding town, the romance, the mine going back home, but it does not have nearly as much complexity complexity yeah. and so it, i like i said i got i just got bored because it was focusing so much on the jealousy the romance you know where the characters are just keep the non-trust you know they and keep, i'm like they keep not getting together every episode yeah and they and the whole point is them getting together so they have to drag that out as long as possible and then i have to but say, not in interesting ways it's just like every episode it's like I really like you. Let's have dinner. And then they're like, I don't know if I can trust you. You, you saw a girl. I saw once. you look at a girl. You dated someone before me 10 years ago. Yeah. I don't know if I can trust you. It's yeah. like, uh, that's not the way it works anyway. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's basically our takeaways for them. This movie is create conflicts like brainstorm side plots and themes for your characters to explore, especially if you write like this kind of a, a show or this kind of a book series or whatever, just give a lot of, and that, again, that actually increases your monetization options, monitoring, monetizing. I can't, any think. of those words are fine. <laughs> People understand what I'm saying. Yep. Right. So the more conflicts and sub subplots you have and interesting characters you have, the more options you have for future books in the series. And, and then people don't get bored. And I would say, I mean, Dr. Quinn, a lot of the people that liked One Calls the Heart recommended Dr. Quinn, you know? And so I say Dr. Quinn has a bigger audience. You enjoyed Dr. Quinn more than you enjoyed One Calls the Heart. Yes, I did. And even the romance, I mean, it's not more an, interesting. It's not, it's not yeah. tedious yeah, like it exactly. felt like in the other one. It was one, it was the main aspect, but it was only one aspect. And I liked to see how the conflicts interfered or enhanced their relationship. Exactly. And admit it, you liked watching Sully with his hair. Yeah, he needs to work on his arms, but... Yeah, he does, actually. He needs to work on his whole body he's overall. He's in pretty shape. He's in pretty decent he's shape. He's in good shape, yeah. He's got a really 90s aesthetic going on. It's like <laughs> the whole show. Almost 80s aesthetic. Yeah. Late. Yeah. Late for the 90s when this show started in 93. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Anyway, um, yeah. So, very, very things that your characters go through and create memorable characters. So, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, I do recommend Dr. Dr. Quinn quite a bit. And I would say, I mean, if, if what we've talked about for One Calls the Heart sounds like something you'd enjoy, then go watch it. You know, I mean, it's it's making big splashes. There's a lot of people that are very right. passionate about it. A lot of people it. really like it. So uh, we can't say it's not successful. Mm -hmm. It's just not really our bag. Mm -hmm. uh, not mine, for sure. I, it's not mine. Like I was like, yeah. instantly bored of that. I show. was, I watched it. I mean, if I had started Dr. Quinn, I would have, I would have loved to have found Dr. Quinn earlier. I mean, I'd heard of Dr. Quinn and watched a bit of it when I was growing up, but I'd totally forgotten about it. And, I watched the first season of When Calls the Heart and really, really enjoyed it. But then they started replaying themes. All right. Season two is like season one. Yeah. Basically. And, and so then... I started getting bored. And, and then I felt bad when I had friends that would be like, oh, I love that show. I'm so glad to hear you love it. And I'm like, I can't say anything now, you know. But Dr. Quinn satisfies a lot of different um, sides of my personality. It, it took, I mean, we burned out on it. But it took a lot longer. Dr. Quinn, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I we're like binge watching. Yes. It's not like we're watching it like on network TV where you get like... One week. Yeah, once a week for like... And then there's like a break. And, and then there's ads in between and... All that stuff, yeah. yeah. No, we are binge watching it on, on Amazon Prime. For free. Or for the cost of Amazon Prime. Yeah, I was going to say. It's not quite free. Um, anyway, let's see if there's any updates. Anything else to talk about? I don't think so. We're going to have my brother Josh come on again. 
Uh, we haven't decided what TV show to do or what movie to do, but we will let you know all of that when actually you'll find out when we, you know, the episode goes live. So there you go. There's a, there's a little secret for you. I mean, I would like to get some more different people on. Yeah. It's I've been kind thinking, of hard logistically. But... It is very hard logistically. And it was and the quality of the speakers for with our episode with Trissy, cause she was, it was a long distance, you know, she was in Idaho. It's really hard to do people out of town. It is. It yeah. is. And there's only so many local authors that well, we would can come actually, on our podcast. Yeah. There's actually quite a few local authors. I just haven't, I've, I've picked people so far who I know well enough in real life and who have something interesting to bring to the table. You know, like Trissy's our, my editor and Michael Brandt is a screenwriter, you know, and David West is, you know, he's heavily in the um, action uh, pulp. Sphere. Yeah, yeah, which we're yeah. both into. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I've I've um, got other authors that I would like to I'd like to approach, but I don't want to over overfill the show with episodes with guests, you know. I don't either, but uh, it it's nice. I mean, I wish we had like multiple Joshes, <laughs> multiple Joshes, like different people, like regular like Josh that we people. could have come on regularly. Yeah, Josh, can you? Um, create that for us (laughs) yeah no i mean it is nice to bounce a third person especially somebody who's coming from a different perspective different perspective perspective than us yeah yeah because i mean we talk to -hmm. each other a lot so it's kind of well we're married and we also have a lot in common so we don't disagree on a lot of these things like you know not as you can listen to this episode we both like dr quinn yeah and we both got bored of one calls the heart so that shows you know there's not a lot of things we like vehemently disagree on there's been a few there's been a couple times in the episodes in the podcast where i wanted to murder my husband for that i didn't agree with (laughs) yeah but it's not that often honestly no it's not no and that's not necessarily as interesting but Mm -hmm. But yeah, so let's see. I think that's, like I said, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, wish us luck. By the time you hear this, the baby surgery should be over. And we'll be able to move on with our darn life. And get, get into a good schedule, a good routine, and get sleep at night. That would be nice. It would be very nice. Last night, I did, I did not get sleep. What about the night before that? I got a lot of sleep the night before that, because I have a very awesome husband. <laughs> or the night before that. I got a lot of sleep the night before that. And then I felt drugged the next day because I, I slept more than I normally do. Same happened to me. Yeah. Seven hours of sleep and my body's like, what the heck? <laughs> like, sorry, I've been getting three hours of sleep. I have pretty bad whiplash from stuff like, get, yeah, get up at four, stay sleep up till four. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway. All right. So we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.